spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. It's the Mike Countess Show at 1025 The Bone. 727-579-1025 or 800-771-1025. Just talking to Ian Beckles about Crying Ryan. I guess Crying Ryan works on the end show. And uh, he's ready to fight Spanish, he says. Yeah. So he's ready to fight anybody. To me. Yeah, don't say that. That makes me want to just punch <laughs> him in the hole. <laughs> Uh, look, I'm going to say whether you like him or not, for any reason, having him step up and do this is is a big deal. Like, now let me a- let me ask you this: mm-hmm. since there was the switcheroo, and Crying Ryan just said he would be willing to fight anyone, would you have Spanish go back and fight Danny, and then you fight Crying Ryan? I mean, yeah, I would, but it's really it would be a better. First of all, it's. If I win this match, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, he, I'm three times his size. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then it's worse if he knocks me out. I got knocked out by crying Ryan. But not worried about that. It's just speaking of no size. Upside. Speaking of size and speaking of Jerry Cooney, how tall was Jerry Cooney? My height. Okay. Yeah, like he was eye level height, maybe taller. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he was taller? Taller? Like no? Because they haven't no. listed it six six. And I, oh, was like, I don't think, I don't think six, six six. I mean maybe six four. Okay. You know what I mean? But uh, he was definitely a big guy. It's so funny because he's he's a handsome man. Yeah. Like for especially an older yeah. guy. But I remember him being looking like a like a big nosed boxer when I was a kid. You know. Yeah, but that was also late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. You know. When I saw him though, it instantly stuck in my head that he. I was like, "Holy crap! That's Jerry Cooney." Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's great. All right, let me go to the hotline and welcome to the show for the very first time, Dale Earnhardt Jr. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you? Are you sick of talking to radio people yet today? No, I'm not, actually. (laughs) Well, we'll do it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. Are you aware of the band Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr.? Yeah, of course. Do you, is that funny to you? Or are you I, like, I don't know what their music's like. I was trying to, to pull it up before. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, the music's not, you know, my style music. It's not bad music. It's just not something I'll listen to. But they they were around, they've been around for a while, and about, I don't know, four or five years ago. Um, we contacted each other. I don't remember who initiated it, but it was basically to say, you know, if you want to use the name, we're not going to sue you. Uh, you guys, good luck. Uh, and they were like, oh, cool, thanks. And uh, then, like, I think a year ago, they changed the name to Junior Junior. So it's just Junior Junior. Oh. They dropped the Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. yeah, they said that there was some that people were coming to their shows expecting that I might be there or some, some crap. <laughs> uh, first of all, congratulations on a uh, successful yeah. career. career. And now you got the book out. The book is called Racing to the Finish. Uh, it is a story that it pretty much details why you decided to leave. Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, long story short, I got a concussion in 2012, got the treatment I needed, got well. 
I went back to the racetrack, continued to race. When I would crash uh, over a period of about three years from thir- 2013 to 2016, I would try to manage those issues myself because I was starting to get the concussion symptoms again, and that was a mistake. I should have went right to the doctor, but I tried to manage that situation over and over and over, and I started layering concussions together, and it got me in a big, big, big. It got me in big trouble. What so were your 2016? What were your symptoms? Were you were you uh, having sight problems? Because that could be super dangerous. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I had a lot. I had balance issues, vision issues. Uh, when you're messed with, when you screw up one part of your brain, all the other problem, all the other parts of your brain have trouble communicating with each other, and they all they all sort of become deficient. So you'll have maybe ocular, maybe you've injured the ocular side or, or the vestibular side of your brain, but it affects all the others. And so I had many, many symptoms across all kinds of different, you know, scenarios. But anyways, I got to the point to where I could no longer drive. I was like, I, I, I got to get some help. This is ridiculous. I can't do what I need to do inside the race car and it's getting dangerous. And I, I'm just starting to realize what a big mistake I've made trying to handle this situation for the last two or three years myself. But I got to the doctor. I had to sit out a whole half of the season. It took about five months for us to get the symptoms to go away. I was able to get healthy again. I finished my career. I had one last season on my contract, which was 2017. I ran that healthy and and called it a career. Yeah, and, and boy, you got to feel real good about the decision because you walk away healthy, you walk away successful, and now you walk into the booth, which everybody loves you in there. Well, I hope so. I hope everybody's enjoying the broadcast. I think the broad, you know, I felt as a driver that the broadcast was critical to being able to showcase what we're doing to the fans. So I've always felt like that that was an important role. I never knew that I would get the opportunity or want to do it, but uh, NBC showed some interest in bringing me into the booth, and I'm glad I, did, I made that decision to do that. I'm having a lot of fun being at the racetrack. I've, I've, you know, I've been going to the racetrack ever since I was a little boy every single week, and to retire from driving, I still wanted to go, but I needed a purpose. I didn't want to just be there to, with nothing to do. And uh, so being a broadcaster was a great opportunity. And I get to really kind of see the sport from a whole new perspective. You can tell what the fans think. You get to hear what the drivers think. You get to see the whole thing from this big high, you know, point of view. Whereas in a, in a as a driver, I'm just in the car, and I really can't. I, it's hard to keep your finger on everything and understand what the pulse of everything is in the sport. But from a broadcaster's point of view, you can see quite a bit, and it's pretty uh, enlightening, to be honest with you. It's oh. very educational. I'm sure. For me. Uh, are you annoyed by the amount of access that fans have to NASCAR drivers when you were driving? When I was driving, I was a little bit annoyed by it. But now that I'm on this side of the fence and sort of see why that's important, why we need that access, I see everything completely 180 degrees from the way I felt as a driver. The things that I thought were important that we needed to focus on as a driver are not the things that I think are important anymore. The things that, um, you know, the access was good in certain, as a driver, the access was great at certain times, but at other times it was difficult, such as the garage area where the cars are and the drivers, the drivers and teams are trying to work on the cars when there's so many people there that you really can't do that. It's really congested. You would get frustrated as a driver. But now that I'm over here on the broadcasting side and I see where the sport is and what we need to do to help it grow, 
um, giving a fan that ability to really stand next to the car as it's getting prepared for practice is an incredible experience for somebody. I'm sure they love it, but you're like, you don't need old Roy sticking his head under the hood giving you advice (laughs) when you're trying to get your car ready. I know, but that's not going to happen. But it's just, it's, I see why that experience is important for the fan. Uh, so I certainly have, like I say, it's been educational and enlightening on, on seeing the sport from this point of view. What, as a, as a huge driver and a huge a guy who's so popular, you know you're also going to have haters. What, how did you feel the first time you saw somebody's window decal of a Calvin peeing on your number? I thought that um, some weird way it was a bit complimentary. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, because I I had I'd seen. I mean, those stickers have been around forever, and so and and haters have been around forever. And uh, I thought that it would hurt my feelings, but um, in a weird way, knowing that I've got a lot of fans now, if I was somebody that. I felt like no one liked me or no one pulled for, pulled for me and everyone booed, that would be difficult. Now, that would hurt. That would be difficult. That would be a very, very big challenge personally and emotionally week in and week out to go to the racetrack feeling like no one wanted to see you do well. Yeah. But I knew I had a lot of fans and a lot of supporters, so anytime there's a hater out there on Twitter or whatever, you just kind of laugh because they're, they're trying so hard to get to you. They're trying so hard to get under your skin. It's pretty funny. Well, the book is called Racing to the Finish. Dale Earnhardt Jr. has got some great stories that are in this book and, of course, things that you didn't know about that led up to his retirement. I have to tell you, I had the opportunity to meet you twice. One time I scared the piss out of you at the MTV Awards. We just kind of had to run into each other in the hallway, and you were super nice. And another, another time is we were in Biloxi at the Beau Rivage, and you were in, you were going to the bathroom, and they made us all leave the bathroom so you could go pee. <laughs> Biloxi. Oh, I know. You you're you damn right. You were celebrating that weekend and you earned you earned a solo pee. Heck yeah. All right, well look, good luck with everything. Good luck in the booth and good luck with the book Racing to the Finish My Story, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Pleasure to talk to you, pal. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, take it easy. Well, that- Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight collection. The lightest ever shoes from Albert's, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.